Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Lots to get to this afternoon, so let's dive right into it. In studio with us to start things out, a couple of local activists who are raising awareness and raising some red flags about a proposed pipeline project that would run right through the heart of central Illinois, including parts of Sangamon County. Nick Dotson and Francesca Butler in studio with us to talk about their concerns over the Navigator Heartland Greenway pipeline. Welcome to both of you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having us. Nick, let's let's begin with you to just give us an overview. What is this pipeline? What would it do and why is it a concern? Yeah, so the overall simple idea is it's allegedly using carbon capture technology, capturing pollution coming from plants in North Dakota, South Dakota rather, and then piping it along a 1,300-mile pipeline and then pumping it directly into a cave in Christian County. And we think that sounds like bad, a really bad idea for the land and for the people of Central Illinois because they're going to be pumping carbon dioxide, which is an asphyxiant. In, in my recollection, sequestration was once viewed as sort of a, a great hope here for uh, how to deal with the, the impacts of uh, burning fossil fuels, emitting all this carbon into the air rather than having it going out into the atmosphere. Uh, we simply store it, stash it underground, keep it away from everybody. That was going to be the solution here. What, what's changed, Francesca? So we really think that that is a one, it's a Band-Aid solution that placates the fossil fuel industry. So the only reason why we need to sequester CO2 and we have CO2 to sequester to begin with is because of the um, production of ethanol and other um, products that produce CO2 into the air. So all of those dollars that we're putting into infrastructure for pipelines could better be used um, to fund renewables that lower our um, dependency on fossil fuel. Realistically, though, we're not going to eliminate fossil fuels from our world, not anytime soon anyway. So if we are going to still have them there, why not pursue something like this, at least as an alternative to pumping those emissions into the air? So I think uh, a lot of that goes to the point that the efficiency of carbon capture technology. Are you familiar with how inefficient it is? Well, no, I mean, uh, it depends on who you talk to, I suppose, because the proponents of this are going to say, this is great, piece of cake. We have pipelines all over the place. What could possibly go wrong? So what could possibly go wrong? So so there's a lot of things that could possibly go wrong. First off, we'll say the most effective and efficient carbon capture technology tops out at about 12%. And the amount of energy that it takes to run that technology almost negates all of the capture that's being made because you have to have a a technology running to actually capture that carbon. It doesn't just come out of thin air. So almost null and voids it completely. So we see it as a a, a really short-term fix. I want to make sure I understand the terminology you're using. When you say 12%, 12% of what does that mean? Of the emission that it's trying to capture. Okay, so it's only capturing 12% of total carbon emissions. Exactly. And the the amount of energy expended to capture that is almost equal to it. Okay. Precisely. As part of um, your question, you also said, what is the danger of it? Um, You know, why are we so concerned? We have pipelines everywhere. It is true that we do have a lot of pipelines um, in this area. Those are typically oil and gas lines. They're not the hyper-pressurized condensed CO2 lines that are regulated under the same oil and gas line regulations. So um, they're very different as far as safety goes. So in Satarsia, Mississippi, one of these pipelines actually leaked and there was a great CO2 plume. It asphyxiated 50 residents, sent them to the hospital, um, and it also displaced 300 residents from their homes. Whenever ambulances and police cars tried to come and help people um, in this town, their combustion engines couldn't function. So our first responders had a really difficult time getting to these people. 
Thank goodness. The, the, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the air displaced. stopped their engines. Literally. Yes. Yep. It displaced <laughs> enough oxygen that their engines could not function, which would be a really scary thing to happen in, in um, our part of uh, central Illinois. And it's something that could happen if there was a leak in this pipeline, as it's not far enough away from our residences to ensure safety. Well, okay. P- part of my job is to play devil's advocate here. So I, I, can, I understand you know, that that's one example of, of a worst case scenario. How many many carbon dioxide pipeline projects are there? You've cited one problem, but are there a lot of these pipelines that are functioning and, and not leaking? I mean, when you, when you look at the, the bad outcomes versus things operating normally, what's the, what's the ratio? So as far as I know, there is not a single pipeline, oil, gas, whatever, that has not had some kind of leak. So with these CO2 pipelines, hopefully where the leak occurs will be far away from residences, but that's not a guarantee. Um, so that's that's a concern that we have. Uh, how far beneath the ground do these pipelines usually run? And when you have a, a leak, assuming, you know, if, if it's a, a big one, uh, I mean, is it coming up through the ground and into the air? Uh, would you have a normally a situation where it's just the ground and what would the impact of that be? That's a great question, Jim. If you actually head over to our website at no IllinoisCO2Pipelines.org. We actually have a video of a drone above a CO2 pipeline exploding, and it's not some small situation. When they go, they really go. And it effectively, whenever uh, the example in Mississippi, when the people got so sick, the uh, the amount of the plume went a mile and a half. So that's how far it went and still got these people sick and displaced from their homes. Literally, the first responders were quoted as saying the individuals walking around the town were acting like zombies foaming from the mouth. That's terrifying. Talking with Nick Dotson, Francesca Butler, they are part of the uh, uh, organization of uh, different groups and entities that are opposing this Navigator Heartland Greenway pipeline, which is currently in a permitting process with state regulators of the Illinois Commerce Commission. So let's talk about that process a little. Well, before we even get to that, uh, for people who are not familiar with this project, tell us a bit about the path that it would run, and particularly here in Sangamon and in adjacent counties, where would this pipeline be and how close would it be to households to residential areas So the pipeline is going to be uncomfortably close to us here in Sangamon County. Um, Folks living in Glenarm, Illinois, can expect that the pipeline will run about a mile to a half a mile from their home. Some homes are as close as 600 feet coming through the corner of properties. Um, The pipeline itself runs from South Dakota through Iowa, through um, crosses the Mississippi, and then comes into Illinois, passes through central Illinois, stops in central Illinois, and deposits that CO2. So it's actually coming from plants in South Dakota. So a lot of times we'll hear, oh, this is going to be a great job generator. That's true. There will be jobs in constructing the pipeline. Those jobs will last for the duration of the pipeline construction, probably around two years. Um, All of those permanent jobs, though, that come from this industry are going to be in South Dakota. So essentially, we get the trash from that industry, that emission, and none of the economic benefit. And in fact, a lot of the economic detriment. The the permitting process here, is this just done at the state level? Do local jurisdictions have any say? Has Christian County said, oh yeah, we're great with you loading up a cave with with all of this CO2. So who who gets to have any kind of a say in all of this? 
know, that's that's a great question, Jim. And I'm really proud to announce that we've had uh, resolutions passed in two counties, including six townships that are specifically saying they oppose this and they don't want it in their town. That includes um, Chatham. That includes New Berlin. Uh, and we're really proud of these elected officials that are standing up for the health and the well-being of our local uh, residents because we truly believe that the local land and the people that live in it are, it are our most valuable resource. You mentioned two counties as well. What two counties? Uh, Sangamon and Christian. Okay, uh, if Sangamon and Christian say we don't want this and that pipeline has to come through Sangamon and it would end up in Christian, wouldn't that be enough to, to quash this right now? One would think, and we're, we're actually in a, in a process right now uh, to where we're working to help the... Sangamon County Zoning Committee is basically having the legality looked at to verify they have the authority to regulate pipelines. They they weren't sure if they do, and we are certain that they do, and we're working to uh, find the proof that they do as well. Uh, and, and once they understand that, I think this is gonna that's going to be a, a great thing to find out. Uh, while that research continues, ultimately this rests with the Illinois Commerce Commission in the state of Illinois to make a final determination. It seems like it's to that point, and the only bodies they listen to are municipalities, townships, and counties. They will not listen to individuals on this as much as all. So we are working uh, with each of these townships to pass these resolutions uh, to quantify this as a very bad thing and, and get it on the books like that. What's the timeline for this permitting process? We've got 11 months left. Okay, so uh, this is a, a, a long-standing process here, and no final decision expected until the summer of 2023. What else happens between now and then? You've got, again, several townships, a couple of counties on record saying they oppose this. What else do you do between now and a decision date next year? So... Um so now we have a lot of uh, things that we're going to be doing, working very hard. So there are some petitions you can sign. So you can go to our website, which is noillinoisco2pipelines.org, again, um, and sign our petition and create a letter to your legislature or legislator. Um, we also have an event going on at Whimsy Tea, which is in downtown Springfield. That'll happen on the 17th from 1 to 3 p.m. Right 17th of September. Yes. Okay. Yep, 17th of September, um, right after the farmer's market. So enjoy the farmer's market and then come hang out with us at Whimsy Tea. We'll be happy to buy you a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and talk about ways you can get involved. There's also a group of landowners and farmers that are getting together um, and pitching in $500 for legal representation um, to see what they can do to oppose the Navigator Pipeline. So if you'd like to chip in with your neighbors and friends to um, oppose something that's hazardous to your health, your children's health, and environmental health, we would very much encourage that. And there's more information on our website. If this is successful, don't companies just say, okay, fine, we'll just pump the emissions into the air? It, 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 are you gaining anything uh, by shutting down sequestration projects? Well, you know, that's a good question. We kind of think that this is almost commodifying pollution, and we think it kind of gives them an incentive to do bad things long term. So if we can stop it now, we think it just stops the precedent of it going on for a long time. Give us the website one more time where people can find more information, get details on this upcoming event on the 17th, or uh, in some other way, take part in this effort. So if you'd like more information about our coalition and what we're doing to stop the CO2 pipeline, please contact or go to noillinoisco2pipelines.org um, and feel free to email us as well. That is a long web address. So again, noillinoisco2pipelines.org exactly. is the web address. Uh, Nick Dotson, Francesca Butler, part of this uh, effort, including multiple groups, various individuals, and in fact, a, a citizens group called Citizens Against Heartland Greenway Pipeline that's all come together 
uh, to oppose this project that is tentatively slated for Sangamon and neighboring counties. Thank you both for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. Keep us posted on how things are progressing. Thanks so much.